There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast. In this episode, we're doing something brand new, something that no film podcast, nay, any film website, nay, any cultural comment outlet whatsoever has been brave enough to do. We are going to rank the best films that have come out in the last 12 months. <laughs> I'm Jay Cunningham, and for this episode, I am joined by the winners of Best Podcast Guests 2019, Kelly Powell, yeah. Ella Kemp, oh, yeah. and spoiling the ballot, <laughs> Sam Howlett. Yay, Sam's here. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's that time of year where you can hear it in our voices that we've gone mad for lists. We've read so many. Numbers don't mean anything anymore. This list is top five of my lists. <laughs> top five. Pretty good. Oh, do you remember when lists used to be special? Do you remember, remember like, when list was singular? Yeah. Do you remember when it was Graham Norton on Channel 4 hosting like a six-hour programme <laughs> of like the 100 best toys? Yeah. <laughs> or Jimmy Carr's 100 greatest scary moments. Yeah, like, oh. come on. Channel 4, call me. I'm, I'm there. Channel, Channel 5 do it now. And it's like the uh, top 50 reality show blunders. Or, uh, wow. It's not the same, though. No. It's not as special <laughs> as the Curzon Film Podcast list, is it? <laughs> so we've collated uh, all the lists from contributors to the show and members of staff at Curzon to bring together a list that's made up and representative of our cinematic experience of mm. the year. And we're going to be counting that down. And we've done some little vox pops with members of staff as well for some honourable mentions mm -hmm. um, that either kind of just made it in or didn't quite get into yep. that top 10. So we're going to be highlighting some of those as well. And I'm going to be bringing up a few from different contributors to the podcast as well um, that I just wanted to flag too. But we will start at the very bottom and mm -hmm. work our way up uh there is actually a lot in joint sixth place <laughs> uh but we'll start with then the bottom of sixth place purely by coincidence yeah uh, not, not fair to put any of them bottom of the top 10 no but uh in sixth place <laughs> but the bottom of sixth place uh was bo burnham's eighth grade Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> what, 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 what does that sound mean, Ella? It, it means a lot of things. Uh, I'm very glad that it is in the top 10. 
Uh, I resent that it is the bottom of the top six. Well, joined. weirdly, because of all the things joining it in six, because of what the way the votes work, mm-hmm. it's actually 11th. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's a top 10 main of 11th. Right. Well, look, it's, it's, I love it. It's great. And uh, because it's the first film we're mentioning, logically, it's the first film that people should go and watch. Yeah. Why not? That's good logic. <laughs> it it just it didn't so make much. my top ten. It was in there, but it got pushed out by something else I saw that we will be talking about later. Yeah. Um and the one reason that it got pushed out is because I saw it probably like eighteen months ago. Yeah. And it just wasn't quite fresh enough to really make me think how much I love it. But I'm I really <clears throat> I'm so glad it's stayed in the top ten, the overall top ten and that enough people did love it. I yeah. mean, the release on 8th grade was strange in that... Didn't it come out the same day as Avengers or something yes, like that? Yes, it did. And, I mean, it came out... The first screening of it in the US was uh, nearly two years yeah. ago now. And it just... It, yeah, it took a long time to reach UK audiences. And I say this as maybe, like, the number one cheerleader in this country. It was not on my top ten of 2019 because... Mm. You're it, just thinking of it as 2019. Yeah, exactly. Um, but to show the lasting legacy of it, mm-hmm. um, not to give you a peek too far behind my culinary curtain uh, but last night for dinner I did have nugs and oh. three types of sauce <laughs> <laughs> Did you do a Rick and Morty impression while you ate them? Uh, I didn't because no, uh. I'm, I'm not going to hell <laughs> uh, but we did speak to programmer Ben Linden uh, all about 8th grade and why that got into his top 10 Ben Linden, thank you for, for joining us to speak Later. about our roundup of 2019 um, and Ben is our programming manager. Um, so he's responsible for, for bringing us a lot of uh, the beautiful films we see in the cinemas. When they're available. When they're available. Um, ben, speaking of 2019 Roundup, what tops your list? Um, I always find it difficult to commit to a film. So um, this is the one that I'm currently saying is my top one. But <laughs> I'll probably change, change. My, my mind tomorrow. But um, Eighth Grade is the one I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, yeah, I think what I liked about this film so much is, I, I guess it's a film that a lot of people can relate to. Um, you know, we've all been teenagers and sort of suffered those those growing pains. But um, this one stood out for me because it's, you know, it's ostensibly a like a sort of coming of age high school drama or almost high school. It's um, eighth grade in in America is. Um, is the year, yeah, yeah, it's the, the like penultimate year of of middle school. Middle school so um, it's it's about the the sort of um, the apprehension of of what the next chapter will be, and um, the casting of this film, in particular, I, I loved. I thought um, uh, Elsie Fisher, the um, the main actress mm. in this film, um, is she's just perfect for the role. She's she's like. Um, you know that's perfectly sums up that sort of um, uh, anxiety and uh, you know um, loneliness. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you know, being a young person and and not being able to sort of deal with the, these very <laughs> traumatic life experiences. And and she's um, you know she the one of the sort of um, the, the sort of nicest parts of the film is is the relationship between her and her father. Um, who um, sort of crucially, he's a he's a single parent, so he's kind kind of having to sort of go through all of this with her in a kind of sort of um, vicarious, helpless way. Yeah, because yeah. he's also learning. Yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah. I think that's that's two ways. Obviously, you know, like he's 
he's been a teenager before but he's not been a teenage girl before so 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 he doesn't quite know how to deal with it but also and i think they sort of hint at this um you know she's she's a vlogger she's she's a a youtuber as as was the 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 director bo burnham but um um obviously when when the father was that age this didn't exist and you know there's a different world he's dealing with yeah yeah there's there's a scene where she sort of meets up with some high schoolers it's like a really nice moment in the film because she's you know she's finally sort of getting friends and they're they're sort of like um allaying affairs about you know high school isn't that bad and like we've all been there before but but equally you know they're like what two three years older than her and they're they're sort of like joking that she's almost a different generation to them because you know she's using different social media platforms to what they were using that age etc so um yeah i think i think i love that movie and it's it's quite interesting because i think we've spoken about it before multiple times it keeps coming up on the pod and because i think that's because it's such a great film and it stays with people for so long i mean i first saw this film last year like in like june last year Mm. i think even the year before i can't remember it was like a long time ago um because i only got a release this year that's why that's why it's um part of our 2019 it's it was even on our cousin top 10 list mm-hmm. for the whole for the whole office um but i think it's testament to the fact that the film is so powerful and it resonates with so many people yeah yeah absolutely and i think you know like there are so many if we're, we're going to call it a high school drama there are so many of that type you know it's a subgenre. Uh, a very popular one but there are few that are as authentic as this one feels and Mm. and i think you know again it's like she's she feels like a real teenager she's not it's not like you know 10 things i hate about you or like um she's all that where it's just like you know a pretty 25 year old who takes the glasses off and they're like oh my god i didn't realize you're so good looking you know she's an actual teenager with like the complexion of like a 13 year old and you know she sort of carries herself with this really awkward posture and and there are moments where you're actually sort of living a fear it's like it's like one of those bad dreams you get where you're sort of like you're back at school again you're like no i don't want to deal with this shit anymore Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah so it's like it's almost like sort of like um a horror like like carry or something except it's not like sort of supernatural horror it's just the pure dread of being a teenager again totally yeah i think and also his uh directorial debut Um, Mm. and what a beautiful debut to come out with bo burnham yeah i I mean i I must must say i'm not really familiar with with his work of you know what he's he's done before on on youtube but um he was a comedian right he's a yeah like like, and he sings songs and stuff yeah very different it it wouldn't wouldn't be what you'd think he'd go for no but um i mean he he discovered the the actress on youtube didn't he so um um, i think there's a clip at the end where you see her as like a, a um much much younger child who's sending a message like a time capsule to her future self so i guess that must have been one of her her videos that yes. he discovered, um, mm. but yeah, I think he obviously sort of connects with her in that way. And yeah, I don't know what his next project is, but if it's like anything like what this is, then I can't wait to see it. Same, same. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Okay, next up is a film that has already reigned supreme for Sight and Sound magazine mm. as their best film. I know it's a big one for Curzon. Uh, this is, of course, Joanna Hogg's The Souvenir. And Ella, you, you'll be very happy to have seen that at the top of Sight and Sounds list, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, it's, it's just broken into the top 10 here. Mm-hmm. You're a fan of that one? I am a fan of that one. It was very high on my top 10. Um, and 
yeah, it's really satisfying when you see a film that doesn't yet have any hype or much hype and you think this will comfortably be one of my favourite films of the year and this was in February of this year. And um, and look at me now, it's December and uh, yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it so much. I think it's so special. Um, yeah, Joanna Hogg, amazing director who I wasn't that familiar with before. Uh, Honest Wenton Byrne playing the lead here in her debut role who is fantastic Tom Burke who I hadn't really been that familiar with as an actor before I now want him to be cast in everything it's amazing film yeah um, and also I just want to flag how lovely the poster is and congratulate again uh, mm. Sam Ashby and the team on that mm. one uh, I actually have that framed in my house now. Yeah. those that have tried buying a quad sized frame for their house will know how much of a nightmare that actually is to Absolutely. try and organise <laughs> so weird that the UK is one of the only countries that has <coughs> cinema, uh, cinema film posters in that uh, format. Mm. Oh, Sam, I'm really glad you mentioned that because <laughs> did you know? Uh, no, I, I could do the history okay. of the quad poster. I won't. But it's really weird, isn't we'll it? We'll save that for a deep really dive strange. next year. Yeah. Um, it weird. goes down to before uh, like standardised paper sizes okay. and before A4 became a thing um, and that, that idea of like uh, metric divisions mm. of paper sizes and that we had a certain size... What's uh, the next film? Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll save the rest of that story for 2020. Uh, we'll move on to maybe Marriage we'll, Story. Maybe we'll all die before that happens. <laughs> Tell you what is lovely and jolly is Marriage Story, isn't it? Is it? Yes, <laughs> it's lovely and jolly and I love it as well. It is very good though. Um, yeah, this was in my top 10. Um, film. Yeah, a film that wasn't titled uh, up until a few months ago. It was just untitled Noah Baumbach Netflix film. Um but I'm, yeah, I really love this film. Um, we saw it at LFF and, you know, it's the best, I think it's the best Noah Baumbach film. I think it's the film of uh, all of the films he's made before kind of accumulating in this really perfect way. Uh, I think Adam Driver's going to win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... Maybe um, Yeah, I think, I think, you know... This is my best picture. We said on our episode about Marriage Story, there is a, definitely a scenario where this is the big winner of the night and wins yeah. everything's nominated for. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's something really special about seeing two major actors just doing these really incredible scenes together, at, not in a huge franchise film, just in this weird little family drama. Mm. Yeah, well, um, that is Marriage Story, which we were lucky enough to do a whole episode on uh, a short while back. Uh, and talking of uh, splits and family dramas, we should probably mention I Lost My Body, which uh, Duncan was a big fan of. Uh, I, I like that film a lot as well. And so we spoke to him all about why that made his film of the year list. Duncan Carson. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Duncan. How's it going? I'm doing very well. I'm very yeah. happy to be my last few days at Curzon. Sad. It is your last few days. Yeah. It is sad. But I hope it's not the last time that you're on the podcast. Um, I'll come back anytime you'd ask me. Yeah? Okay, good. Oh, sure. Good. Um, Duncan? Yes. What was your favourite film of 2019? Well, my favourite film of 2019 versus the film that I feel that people should take the time out of their lives to see because we're always struggling between what is a bona fide, unequivocal banger and what is one that you would thrust into people's hand and save from the uh, fires of history. Mm -hmm. So, needless to say, my film of the year and made its way very quickly onto my best decade list is The Souvenir. But what film, I'm sure other people have talked to you at length about the many merits of Joanna Hogg's most recent feature. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. The film I would thrust upon people's hands um, is a disembodied hand drama, I Lost My Body. 
Now, so I heard about this at LFF. Yeah, it made quite a splash. I yeah. didn't get to see it, unfortunately. Made a five-finger <laughs> digit splash. Yeah. Um, now I will say it's been a mixed year of Netflix viewing for me. I probably would like the money, uh, money, and I say money, time back. I spent. I would like the money. <laughs> it's been a mixed year of fortunes with Netflix for me. I'd like the time back I spent watching the laundromat back. Me too. Sorry, Steven Soderbergh. Oh, yeah. Big fan of your work in general, but this was not a good excursion for you. Um, But uh, this year, if you have not, have yet to catch up with any of these films in the cinema, there's three very good films that are worth your time um, of dubious um, family sharing quality, but certainly good Christmas fare. in the shape of Atlantic's Matty Diop's film. Which was Kate Kane's choice. Good, I'm glad, excellent, good. I'm glad to hear someone's, someone's gone to bat for that. Mm-hmm. Um, An Easy Girl, which made its way um, into my list, um, which is very entertaining, very sunny, south of France, um, allegory about um, erotic capital. Um, and then also this film, I Lost My Body, which debuted um, and won uh, at Cannes Critics Week um, earlier on in the summer. Um, and it's kind of uh, a collision between two stories, one of which is about a disembodied um, Adams Family style hand scuttling its way around the Paris streets, um, and the other, which is basically a story of grief. And all the way through the film, you're wondering how these stories are going to converge, knowing that they will. Um, but fundamentally, you start out, you're very excited by the action scenes of this hand. You know, you kind of extremely conscious about your own body while watching it and then this sort of other stories unfolding and you're kind of unsure why you should care about it but then and then you you know there's 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 some cliches to it but uh, those all start start falling away in this kind of like very kind of meet cute indie comedy romance between these two sort of unlikely suitors becomes something much deeper and richer as you realize like the the sort of deeper story of grief and I found it incredibly moving by the end. Um, I think adult animation, I should say. Sorry, I don't think I mentioned Yeah, it's an animation. It's an animation, sorry, yeah. You know, Imagine you know, people going, what? Yeah, no, no. Well, it's with CGI. CGI, anything's possible. But um, uh, no, this is, an, this is an adult animation, something that I think in general gets overlooked um, by quote-unquote serious filmgoers. Um, you know, but I think the likes of Studio Ghibli have opened people's mind a little bit um, that cartoons aren't just for kids. Um, but... You know, you, it, people often talk about grief as kind of like leaving this kind of like phantom limb that this thing that you always feel is there, but you can't quite access. And I think that this film really taps into that. So, yeah, surprisingly poignant. And it got a little dusty in the uh, Prince Charles cinema when I watched it during LFF. And it's one that's really stayed with me. And I hope more people get a chance to see over Christmas. Yeah, and it's on Netflix, it's right? It's streaming on Netflix now. Okay, I'm definitely going to catch that one. I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been meaning to, and I'm glad that it's on Netflix. Um, and anything else you want to give a shout out to? Any other film that sort of tickled your fancy? Um, wait a minute. Just look <laughs> I, did actually, I did actually look at the list before I came in here. One That's second. It's like elevator music. Uh, it's very boring. But I just want to pick one that's up like no one else has Yeah, exactly. Going to for. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And I'm, I'm giving Duncan another chance to, 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 to say a film because he's leaving. That's why he gets yeah. special treatment. Oh, um, one film that I really, really enjoyed this year that I don't think a lot of people took a chance um, on was uh, A Deal with the Universe. Um, so it's basically the story of, as the tabloids put it, um, Britain's first um, pregnant man. Um, so um, he transitioned um, with his partner, who was originally going to be the one to bear their child. But then, uh, due to infertility of his partner he became the one to bear the child. And um, it's, I think this year has been a really divisive one, um, you know, with trans people really kind of their right to exist being debated. And that's pretty depressing. It would be good if people who were undecided or turning these things over, um, this film really underlines the humanity um, of everyone's right to have a, to have a family and to exist, which is depressing. We're still debating these things in 2019. Um, it's just a really special, um, intimate picture of something that actually a lot of people go through. Another one of my picks of the year, weirdly, uh, was about fertility struggles, only you. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I think that that's a really moving doc that most people won't have um, had a chance to see yet. Uh, I haven't even heard of it yet. Oh, okay, well, this is the first. Yeah, you know, it came out through Peccadillo earlier on this year. Okay. Um, really, really terrific watch and really moving. Mm. So how can we seek that out? I think it's on streaming on Curzon Home Cinema at the moment. Oh, hey, hey. these things together. Okay, amazing, amazing. Thanks, Duncan. Thank you, Kelly. I hope you join us again on the Curzon Podcast. Anytime you want me. And good luck for everything in the future. Thank you. Keep on. Okay, so we've probably got about two minutes to get into the next one. So that's good that it's three and a half hours long, isn't it? <laughs> the Irishman. Good? Mmm. <laughs> what do we think? Great. Yes? I, I love this yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's great. I'm looking forward to um, making my parents watch all three and a half hours of it over the holidays. Um, my mother called me and she was like, I don't understand why I like this film. It's so boring. <laughs> I mean, That's the first Kelly's mum impression we've had on the show. I'm uh, surprised yeah. it hasn't come up earlier. Babe, I don't know why you like this film. It's so boring. <laughs> uh, well, I like it too. I think it's great. Exciting. I, yeah, I so loved this good. film so much. Mm. And... I, 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 it was kind of, yeah, okay, Scorsese's doing a gangster film with De Niro and Pacino and Pesci. I know exactly what it's going to look like. And it is exactly that film, but I forgot that that is actually a really good film. <laughs> um, it didn't feel three and a half hours for me. Mm-mm. And I think it's got three really incredible actors doing perhaps the best performances they've done. I think they are all, all three of them really incredible. So good. Yeah. And uh, Anna Paquin has some killer lines. Oh... <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
No. Do you want to hear my Anna Paquin impression? <laughs> Are you ready? You ready for my Anna Paquin from the Irish impression? <laughs> oh, I love this song. Mm. You're cancelled. It's great. And Al Pacino is full Al Pacino in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's full Doug Pacino. He's, he's like banging tables and he eats yeah. so much ice cream and enjoys it so much. Yeah. That's what we love about it. Yeah. More ice cream. That's what the film needed. Take it up to, to director's it. cut, four and a half hours. It's exclusively him just walking around basketball. Just some legends. Yeah. Some ice cream. And you'll oh. never go to a meeting late with him or wear shorts. <laughs> I love both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're almost out of what is seemingly an endless list of what came sixth. It's still yeah, sixth. It's still sixth. Um, but I just wanted to flag some uh, other contributors to the podcast who have brought up some films uh, that came out earlier in the year mm-hmm. that, as you say, sometimes these might get forgotten or they feel like films from yeah. last year. Uh, so Anna Murray sent in uh, a wonderful list, um, some fantastic films on there, uh, Under the Silver Lake, which mm. I love. Me too. Uh, and she's also got the second of the incel double bill, Burning, in her list yep. as well. That was, uh, my, that was my number one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Amazing film. Mm. Um, but and other ones in there that are really worth seeing, Minding the Gap. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I saw that on BBC iPlayer. It might oh, still be on there. Stunning. You can check that it's out. It's on Curzon Home Cinema. Great. Uh, incredible documentary that you kind of starts yeah. off as just this kind of teen skateboarding film, but absolutely just delves into cycles of abuse and transitioning from youth into manhood and fatherhood it's amazing um but also if beale street could talk that was a 2019 film here in the mm. uk and that's yeah. that's really stuck with me as well uh so thank you Iona, for sending those in uh back to the collated list though again in sixth <laughs> is pedro almodovar's pain and glory love this film so good it, I've only ever seen one other Pedro Almodovar film um, to my shame uh, and that was I'm so excited which is <laughs> rubbish <laughs> um, and I went into this and I was like I don't really Sam loves him um, but I didn't really know what to expect and I just I ate this film up I loved it so much that now I'm going to go back the, over the holiday period and watch all of his other films <laughs> yeah I think in the same way we were saying about <clears throat> you know all of Baumbach's work kind of feeling like it's been pushed into marriage story i think it's that's even more so with pain and glory that it feels everything is kind of leading up to this film and it's he's you know he puts himself in his films quite a lot this kind of experiences and his his personality but here it is him this lead character is almodovar and you know banderas who is incredible yeah Mm. and i think for a director to make a film starring a character that is them is really egotistical and insane and could completely backfire but it's this film is so like gentle and beautiful Mm. and i'm so glad that everyone else agrees yeah all right uh we'll quickly move on to another honorable mention from the office uh so this is atlantics matty diop's film um contributors to the show catherine bray and caitlin quinlan also put that in their top tens as well uh it's out on netflix now so people have got no excuse to be checking it out if they can um but let's hear a bit why kate kane who's the head of acquisitions for artificial eye loved this one Kate Kane. Hello. Welcome to the Curzon Film <laughs> Podcast. Is it your first time on? It's not. I did it's it a not. very long time ago, oh, okay. but I didn't sound as uh, though I've been smoking 40 <laughs> fags last night, which I wasn't. <laughs> which you haven't been. No, no exactly. <laughs> um, Kate, just for our listeners, Kate is our head of acquisitions. Um, so thank you for bringing us all the beautiful films <laughs> that we're also yet to see. Yeah. 
that we haven't been allowed to put in our top 10 this yeah, year. I know, that's hard. <laughs> but, but your top 10, yeah. so what, what's your top film of this year? My top film that I did for the blog is The Chambermaid, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous film, um, which is um, about a chambermaid in a luxury hotel and the way that she... Um, it's basically the, the divide between the two classes. Um, but jointly with that is Atlantics, which is the Matty Diop film, okay. which I saw in May, so it was a while ago, but I um, thought it was beautiful. So, yeah, they're sort of both vying for top film of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So what, what about Atlantics uh, caught your eye? It's just very unusual and it's very original. And, you know, you see a lot of the same films that the whole time. And what I liked about this was it was like a poem. It was just this beautiful... Um, it's sort of a ghost story. It's sort of a love story. It's very political. It's beautifully shot. It's the same uh, DOP as in Portrait for uh, of a Lady on Fire. Oh, really? It's the same one. So okay. both beautifully shot but very different looks. Yes. And so I admired this before I saw Portrait. Oh, wow. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's very... It's very different and um, sort of halfway through really changes in tone and I loved it and I just thought proper cinema and it's a Netflix film but it to me is a very cinematic film yeah. and it was in competition in Cannes and I think I'm really pleased that it was in competition in Cannes because it's the kind of film that could have just sort of fallen away. You know, yeah, Cannes tends to go mm. exactly and do all the big same old, same old and this was just a, a new voice and for me, it's always about finding new talent and new directors. And Matty Diop is an actress. She was in Claire Denis' films. And she did a short film years ago, mm. which this film is based on. And now she's... So had her, her directorial yes, debut. her okay. debut. And oh, then wow. to go into competition in Cannes. That's amazing. It's amazing, yeah. It's really, really... Wow. It's something special. And when people ask, you know, what should I see? Everybody says The Irishman. Like, everybody says, you know, there's a lot of films that I feel get enough... Um, Panting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is one where I'm just like, I don't know anybody who I've recommended this to who hasn't just thought this is unique. And yeah, yeah it's it's gorgeous. And um, yeah, political, which I think that, that's yeah. what we need at the minute. And also set in Africa. Yes, yeah, set, set in Senegal. Set, yes. And basically the story is that the um, this woman, Ada, uh, she is uh, engaged to a very rich man. And at the same time, she's in love with someone else called Suleiman. And he's working on a massive building. It's like the Burj Khalifa sort of Senegal. And um, the money runs out. And so he goes on a boat to Spain to try and, you know, make some money. And um, without giving too much away, that's where everything changes. Okay. So, yeah, it's just a lot of different elements that all sort of come into one. And you can kind of see the influence of Claire Denis in this. Oh, really? But it's not, it, in no way is it a copy. It's just like taking... You know, the best elements. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I haven't, I haven't, I didn't get a chance to see it in the cinema. I'm well, very angry about it. Yeah, but that, that's why I do think it needs to, because, you know, the thing with Netflix, with the algorithm, sometimes things will just go under exactly, your radar. Exactly, exactly. And then also, if she's a female director, and I do feel like, you know, we should be shouting out a little bit louder for those. Yep. So, um, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I thought it was poetry in cinema. Amazing. Thank you. And I hope uh, people will go and watch it now. Yes, and yeah. it's on Netflix. And hopefully she'll do more films that will be in Cousins Cinemas. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Okay, we're back in with the top of number six. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a flawed system <laughs> now that Something I'm having to read it out. Something is wrong here. 
<laughs> I promise this is the last one. Uh, it's Book Smart. Ugh. Great film. <laughs> love this. Sorry. Was that too quick of a... I'd love this film so much. Uh, Olivia Wilde's directorial debut making a teen movie about two girls in high school, which has been made so many times before. But this one is so good. And it's probably not the last great teen movie, but it's just... It just feels so fresh and I think it's so easy to love. Uh, Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Diva play the two main characters and I think it's just an absolute uh, skyrocketing to the stars moment for both of them. Um, they're both so charming, they're really funny. Uh, I think in Mark Olivia Wilde is a really exciting director, um, very exciting soundtrack and it's just, there's just so much energy in all of this and... Uh, I just want everything in the world for it. And I think it's wonderful. I love it. Yeah, that's Booksmart. Um, uh, yeah, when when I've been like in in need of a quick party esque playlist. Mm. Yep. The, yeah. Oh, the soundtrack. Yep. It doesn't is need so any edit. Banger yeah. after banger after yeah. banger. So good. Sorted. If if you if you need to quickly do a get together a Christmas party playlist <laughs> just play that, make, that will make you sound cooler than you are, then absolutely <laughs> rely on that one. Sorry, I lost my page. Right, we finally entered the top five. Um, and this one is the Biffa winner of Best Documentary and, of course, Best Film for Summer. Mm. Which was amazing to see that uh, a yeah. doc could kind of break out of that subcategory and actually enter into Best Film. Sam, you and I were in Berlin for yeah. the European Film Awards. Again, it won the same award there, we said at the time. Uh, this could be on its way to winning Best Documentary at the Academy Awards as well. Oh yeah, I think it's absolutely the favourite for Best Documentary this year. And uh, our other contributor, Stephen Ryder, uh, this uh, was his number one. Uh, he absolutely loved this film and I think it, uh, everyone I've spoken to along with Stephen, it completely broke them when they saw it. Um... And it's weird. It's a it's a Channel Four news film um, mm. that's just broken out, and that just shows you how how well sort of it captures this moment in Syria. Um, and I think putting like this idea that it's for this child at the heart of it, I think, is really a major part of that. Uh, but you mentioned that this could be the favourite for best documentary. Why don't we move on to number four? Guess what that is? The favourite. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Great. Yeah, uh, coming out New Year's Day 2019. <laughs> Testament to its quality, though, that it's held out for that long. It's earned a joint third spot. Wow. On the list. joint positions. Yeah. Um, promise you that's the last joint okay. position, though. Uh, yeah, the favourite. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos' film, everyone has spoken about this at mm. length. Uh, Olivia Coleman. That's Oscar winning Olivia Coleman to you. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Sophie from Peep Show to you. <laughs> But uh, an amazing the film. queen to you. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Is there any more any more Olivia <laughs> Coleman's out there? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the... What's she called in Tyrannosaur? Quick, Ella, quick. What's she called in Tyrannosaur? <laughs> I don't know. That's Tyrannosaur. What's she called? It's just about her, isn't it? She's called Tyrannosaur. Yeah, that's it. Oh, uh, it's actually in the Jurassic Park universe. <laughs> Yes, the favourite. She's really good. She is really good. Everyone's really good in this. Um, when you think about it, it's mad that the favourite exists and kind of did as well yeah. as it yeah. did. It's uh, such a weird film. Yeah. It's as funny as it is tragic. And it's got, yeah, it's a it's a love triangle in King, Queen Anne's court 
really bizarre. Sorry, with Emma, St- um, Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. Yeah. They've got the two points of the triangle. And there's duck racing and there's loads of blue cake and there's vomiting and there is loads of explicit sex. Rabbits. And Billy Lynn. <laughs> yeah. And Billy Lynn. Is there. And Billy Lynn's there. Yeah. Amazing. Weird film, but uh, really, really good. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Like the favourite a lot. And it's sharing a podium position in third place with The Farewell. Ooh. Yeah. I love that film so much. Mm. Yeah. I was really, really broken after it. After it. Um, I, I cried for about half an hour. Um, but I love that film. I really did. It was, on my, it was on my top ten list. Yeah. Yeah, it was very high on mine as well. And I think not only is it a really... You know, really uh, sort of heartwarming, really emotional film. It's shot incredibly. Like, it looks mm. phenomenal. And it's funny that it's broken out so much as it has because it's... Ten- I think... I'm sure it counts as a foreign language film in some in some criteria there, because it's mostly has in been, Chinese. There has been debate across uh, the various right. critics' awards where some yeah. bodies have nominated it for foreign language and some for best picture. Yeah. Um, it's ex- I'm curious to see where where it goes for the rest of the awards season. Yeah. I think there's definitely a lot more life in it and people are still like picking it up. The more people talk about it, the more people are enjoying it. Yeah, um, that foreign language thing is really interesting. Like when you think of mm. Inglorious Bastards, which yeah, is 70, 70% French. not yeah. in the English language, yeah. mm. um, but no, no one was considering nominating yeah. that for a foreign That's language strange. award yeah, yeah. at all. Um, so we've actually had an encouraging number of documentaries on the list already. And uh, so another honourable mention this time from Jesse who has nominated Fire, which I totally <laughs> forgot about, which yeah. was so good. What's the, yeah. what's the sort of subtitle? Is the... The Party That Never Happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's one of those films that everyone saw, I think. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, for, for just a weird... Just a film, a documentary about this festival that went wrong. It, it's like an astonishing story. Yeah, it, it really captured something in people that every single person watched this. This one of the probably one of the most watched films on Netflix this year. It was such a fun conversation to be a part of because I feel like if you if you'd heard about it in the news when it would have happened, you would have thought, oh, this is an interesting kind of uh, retelling of that event. But I mean, I don't know where I was when this was in the news, but mm. like I had no idea about this. Same. So then when I watched this and then everyone was talking about it, I was like, this is so interesting because. No one that I know or I'm talking to directly has anything to do with this, but yet we're all like, "What? How yep. did this exist mm. in the same like timeline as us?" And like anything's alive <laughs> now. It's it's quite a cathartic watch it's as well. So like, satisfying. satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like thanks to Jesse for flagging oh, so that one. Yeah, I might watch I, that over Christmas yeah, instead I totally of the Irishman. Yeah, totally forgot that. Um, so here's why Jesse put that on her list. Okay, so we have Jessie Shaw joining us on the podcast today to speak about her favourite film of 2019. Um, Jessie is our uh, Curzon Home Cinema general manager, um, so she's responsible for giving us some beautiful films on our home cinema front. Jessie, what was your favourite film of this year? Um, So one of my favourite films was uh, Fire Festival, The Party That Never Happened. Okay, Um, awesome. (laughs) The reason I I picked it was, I I think it's been a really, 2019 has been a really good year for documentaries. Like, um, technically 2018, the the cut-off, we had um, Free Solo, and then you had The Great Hack, you had Three Identical Strangers, have you seen that? Oh yes, I have, it's amazing. and just I remember when Fire Festival came out, it was just the entire office was talking about it. Like it was a 
oh my god have you seen this because <laughs> it's just it's just ridiculous like from start to finish and it's I, I do love a documentary where it's like how did that actually happen yes. how did they get away with it and people were just you it's know it's so true it's so true I remember um, watching that, that that I saw it on Netflix yeah um and I was like what is the story and how did we not know about this beforehand yeah. But uh, what do you? What did you like most about the way that it was shot or 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 constructed? Um, I think yeah, you you can. It, it's really well made in a sort of you. You can just sense it, this is gonna get bad. Like this, things are gonna go, and it just builds and builds and builds. And then obviously everyone arrives and panic ensues and just yeah. it's just. Yeah, oh my god. And um and then there's some beautiful characters in there as well. There's uh, the lady the in the cafe who yes. helps everybody and you know, it's it's really touching that And actually after the film was made, after it came out, they re- they did like a a, a crowdfunding yeah. campaign for her yeah. because she was schneid the most by by the whole thing. Exactly. So Yeah. Yeah. So something good's come out of it. Exactly. That beats. That beats. <laughs> Okay, amazing. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. Okay, we're almost there. So number two is actually the second Curzon film to break into the list, along with The Souvenir, mm-hmm. uh, and that is So Long, My Son. Yeah, I mean, this is the film that knocked eighth grade off my list. Um, saw it very late in the year. And kind of with The Irishman, it's a, it's over three hours long, but it's it sails by, you know, and it really envelops you in its world that it doesn't feel like you're watching a three-hour film. It just feels like you're just part of someone's life for a bit and that's a completely fine way to spend three hours that you're not complaining. Uh, This film is really heartbreaking um, and I think that's why it's got that high because everyone at work has seen it and it really touched every single person, I think. Mm. Yeah, but we did an episode not so long ago about it, so you can go and check out our, our um, opinions about that. But it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful film. Yeah, so that's number two. Um, before we get to number one, uh, any more honourable mentions out there from you guys? I want to quickly flag um, the myself and regular contributor Alistair Bayman, big fans of Ad Astra, mm. which yeah. uh, hasn't had much love at all. Would be in all. my top 20. Yeah. But um, I'm surprised that it's not kind of featured more on because it's mm. that's kind of been forgotten from the conversation yeah. a bit yeah and it always I, happens to james gray yeah i looked i looked up the box office numbers and uh, that's why yeah it it didn't catch a light in the end which is a real shame uh i, I really love that mm. film um it's been busy he was in once upon a time in hollywood yeah you know exactly. i feel like i feel like when because that came out and everyone was talking about him in that film for very good reason um and then ad astra was a bit afterwards and mm. i Personally, I prefer Ad Astra, but um, I wonder if that's why. And they're thinking, oh, Brad Pitt is back in Tarantino, yeah. and then I don't know, maybe time. The film was quite divisive in the end. I think some people found it quite um, boring and quite plodding. It's uh, very earnest. Yeah, I, I really, I really liked it yeah, as well. I like it as well. I wish love it, love it, mate. Yeah, Speaking so of earnest so films. Good. Yeah, I would like to mention Toy Story Four. Ah, yeah, it is in my top ten, and I love it so much. I think, yeah. It's great. Don't you think it's the best Toy Story? I do. Um, oh. And because I thought this when I watched it, but then I thought, hang on, hang on, you haven't watched the other three films in years, so you're insane. Uh, and then I watched all three films the next day in order. I still think it. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think Toy Story 2 is perfect. Uh, I love them all very much, and it's all... I think to rank them, frankly, I'm just being silly. Uh, but if I had to, yes, 
I love it. Wow. Okay. Anything else you guys want to flag from your list that didn't quite make the cut? Us. Jordan Peele's mm. Us, which, uh, you know, obviously came out early in the year. And obviously, you know, this was probably the hardest film to release this year after Get Out for anyone. Mm. Um, but I think it really stood up to Get Out. I think it's a very different film. Uh, I think it's scarier than Get Out as well. Mm. And I think... I'm actually seeing it sneak back into the Oscar conversation because Lupita Nyong'o yeah. is winning some awards and is maybe now going to be nominated for Best Actress. She which seems like frontrunner. Yeah. Would be incredible yeah. for that performance. Well, two performances, and she destroys that film. She's so mm-hmm. good. All right. Um, now it is time to get to the number one film of the year as voted for by Curzon, and that is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Sam's number one film. Second year in a row when Sam's number one film has also been the company's number one film. Oh, Doesn't that just well, say you that you're just basic? What, what was last year? <laughs> no, it says I'm, I've got it right. I'm, I've got, I, I can read the people. I know what's what. What was yeah. last year? Phantom Thread. Okay, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, hey? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first Tarantino film that I've liked in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and I, I keep thinking back on single moments from it. Uh, yep. I don't like how it ends. Mm-hmm. No, I like... I like the ending, like what it's going the last, for. The, like the, the climax, the yes, climactic. Yeah, mm. the only yeah. real bit of action in it. Right. Not into that, but everything around it, beautiful. Loved it. Just so happy to be in it. I'm just so impressed that this film, A, came out and just blew every, everyone away, but also has it feels, it feels like it came out last week. It came out like nearly six months ago now, and it feels like people haven't stopped talking about it's it. It's still in cinemas. Yeah, it's yeah. still in some cinemas. Yeah. It's st- and it's it's never left the sort of the film conversation. Yeah. I think for a good reason that it is just so good and just it's Tarantino. I feel like it's Tarantino kind of taking a bit of a step back from what he normally does and just kind of thinking about the industry and about Hollywood and about the kind of legacy of this time in Hollywood and how not how he's Tarantinoified it, but just how he's kind of given it a little spin and a kind of. It's a little glow. Yeah, a little glow. And it's it's very sincere, I think, and it's very earnest. And I think it's this kind of look at like what could have been. And I think it's a, a quite a poignant film. Yeah, I mean, just driving around with yeah, Brad and Leo. Yeah. Like, there's a really lovely moment where Leo offers, asks Brad if he's going to come around and watch his episode of FBI, the mm. show that he's just done. And Brad's just like, well, I assumed... I assume we would get yeah. order some pizzas. <laughs> and it's just two guys just having a nice time. And it's sometimes it's just really lovely to watch friends yeah. be friends. Yeah. And the fact that they are Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad yeah. Pitt makes it so hypnotizing. And they're just nice to each other. Yeah. They just have a nice time all the time. But that's what the, why the buddy is so shocking. Because we are we have been so trained to expect something out of a Tarantino film. Yeah. To come out of it thinking, that was, that was lovely. That was really nice. <laughs> So so surprising. Yeah. And uh, Kelly spoke to Tarantino himself earlier on in the year. So do go back and check I that did. episode out. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, and we, we, yeah, we've covered so many of these on the podcast. Um, if there are any of these that you're now catching up on and want to go revisit, go look through the archive. There's so many fantastic <coughs> interviews that we've done yeah. and chats uh, to go and dig through and go and seek those out if you can. There's also or- a collection on Cousin Home Cinema of the best, the, so the 10 best films uh, of on 2019 on Cousin Home Cinema so things like The Souvenirs on there Selling My Son is on there uh, we've also got Diego Maradona which was on a lot of lists Rain Liz which was on quite a few lists so things like that Mind in the Gap wow 
I mean, we've mentioned so many films. I know. Credit, credit to you if you've been listening and have actually managed to remember everything that we've spoken about. Uh, if you haven't seen all of these, uh, what an amazing revision list uh, to get stuck into over Christmas break if you are enjoying one. Uh, but that is about the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show uh, and you want to subscribe, you can do that on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And whilst you're there, if you want to leave us a review, that'd be absolutely wonderful. Um, but that is it from all of us. So it is... Farewell from me. Farewell from Kelly. Bye-bye. Farewell from Sam. Farewell. Happy holidays. Farewell from Ella. Goodbye. And the farewell in third place. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.